0: Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Well, open your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We are going to go from there through the end of the letter. So however many verses that is, uh, 14, just did that right here on the spot, nailed it. Speaking of nailing it, James Albright sitting here on the front row nailed it last week. Thank you so much for preaching. James brought a word on the Lordship of Jesus Christ in the household. And, And so it's just, we're working this thing out, this all that the Lord is wanting to do through us as one new humanity, and it certainly starts and flows out of everything that happens in our personal lives, in the house. And so today we're going to continue, we're going to wrap this thing up, and one thing I've been trying to do every week as we go through this series is to keep the whole of the letter before us. It's so easy to, to just get in on a couple of verses, but if we don't keep the whole in front of us, we'll, we'll get under the weight of, oh man, I messed up and blew it this week, and yet we'd forget that we're covered in the love of God. He's got us. And so we have to keep reviewing that truth that, that God chose us before the beginning of time that he's got a plan for us to adopt us, to love us, to give us every spiritual blessing in Christ, to grace us, to forgive us, to bring us into one body under his headship, all of that just on and on and on. It's blessings. Every blessing that you can think of is ours together in Christ. I am even just, I was in worship there. We were singing that last song, and it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. and, And I'm just thinking, Wow, there are so many things that I get distracted with that I think are somehow somehow captivating or worth my attention, compared to actually being in the presence of God with the people of God, bringing the glory of God in this place, which is just amazing, really. Because I just saw that shot a second ago of us standing here in this cinder-blocked wood slats on the walls. It was a. It was a. It needed help. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> this place needed help. And so just believing, and we'll celebrate all that in a couple weeks. But man, praise the Lord. Uh, thankful. So we have to keep the big picture in, in our minds, what's going on. And the, the whole is going to help us give meaning even to a very, a very important passage on spiritual warfare, putting on the armor of God, praying together. But again, remember the whole. Remember the whole. Remember the whole. He's even going to finish with a blessing that is kind of how he starts. There's a blessing pronounced over us, and he finishes with that blessing. And I just want to say, you guys, the world is crying. The world is crying to see the church rise up and be the church. I mean, just the the broken philosophies of secular humanism with me at the center, and we're going to just all get this peace thing worked out is not working. It will not work. We need Jesus Christ and the redemption, salvation, healing, oneness that he makes us to be as one new humanity in him. And so we are, in this whole process, realigning to the vision of God. And I've had so many people just say, this has been a fresh reading for us as we've gone through Ephesians. And to really see, and I think it's partly because we're all so motivated, uh, you know, uh, that this, we've said this thing for years, but, you know, we can learn stuff. Our knowledge, it gets out of, in front of our experience, but then we kind of forget it. We may have known this one new humanity stuff before, but kind of forgotten it. But when your experience gets out ahead of your knowledge, then you are a very motivated learner. I don't know if that makes sense, but when you get into something and it's out beyond what you know, then you, like, really want to know it. What has God really done to make us one people on planet Earth? and he's done it through Jesus Christ. So this first verse is really key. It kind of sums up, finally, Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So in that one verse, he's kind of summing up all that he's been saying. Be strong in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his mighty power, which he's been praying for us over and over and over. That power that he exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same power that's at work in us. And so he wants us to be strong in that, all of that, the blessing, the love, the adoption, the grace, the forgiveness. You get the point. All right, so I'm starting to preach here, but I'm not really there yet. But, but it's a big deal. Be strong in the Lord. So I'm going to just, in the Lord, this phrase, in Christ, in him with Christ, with him. It's used over 40 times in Ephesians because he wants us to understand our fundamental identity as the people of God together, our fundamental location, not just in ourselves and our own strength, but in the power of God. That's who we are together. That's what God's called us to do, to realize, to be. And it's important because it keeps showing up in so many different ways throughout the letter that we are being attacked, that he's head over all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this age, but in the one to come. He is head over all things for his body. It's the focal point of the reign of King Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and on earth. Right, so so we, we've got to see that, but we're we're under attack, but we're We've been placed in Christ over all of that. He's won the battle. He's victorious over Satan and demons and made a victorious spectacle of them through the cross. So this is like, It's a big deal that we understand. You see that reference in chapter two to the ruler of the power of the air or that we've been at this dividing wall placed between us and other people. Whatever those different divisions are, he's brought them down in his body through the cross, through the atonement of Jesus Christ. He has made us to be one people in his body. That's why we're in him, in Christ, with Christ, in him, under him, through him. All of those words are there in Ephesians, and it's absolutely huge for us. He is with us, and he wants us to place our eyes on him. He's the Lord. That's how you do spiritual warfare. you do not like, devil, I'm coming after you. We keep our eyes on Jesus. He's, He's given us the ground to stand on. It's not even like we're just running out swinging a sword somewhere. We're standing on the ground that he's, the victorious ground that he's, he's done it. He's given us, but there is a call for us to stand, to really stand. There's a reminder. We're in a battle. Don't give the devil a foothold. We're in a battle. Don't let him work in our lives. Repent from where we're letting him work in our lives. Get, t- turn the other way. Get our eyes back on Jesus. And I've been over here, been distracted by this, been doing this. It's been this little thing that was good has now turned into an addiction. And I need to come back and look at Jesus. I repent. I turn to you. I look to you, Jesus. You're the king. You're the Lord. My only way to victory is your way. Is your way. Part of the battle here for us is how much the enemy does not want us to see the battle. You know, if, if, he, if he was coming with, you know, horns and a red suit and a pitchfork, we'd be like, oh, that's the devil, Right? You know, it's like that guy I was talking about a couple weeks ago. He doesn't go, hey, kid, come here and look at this stuff I want to tempt you with. It, it's, it's not like that. And the powers are at work around us, and they are, they're luring us. It's like it's, it's good things a lot of times. I'll say more about this, but it's good things that get twisted. And so there's lies that are coming at us, and it's our disordered desires that become normalized in a fallen world. That's, that, that's really how the powers work on us all the time. So it's a big deal. The wall is not up, it is down in Jesus Christ. And it's so important that we are a part of a worldwide, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, socioeconomic economic family of God together. And we're wherever we're at, Antioch, Fort Worth, on that journey, but we're on the journey. We haven't arrived. We're not where we were, and we're not yet arrived to where we're going to be. We are in process. So, uh, Lord, help us to have light and revelation as we press into this final passage. And uh, again, if you would stand up for the reading of the Word of God and... Look for just say, Lord, just give me light, Uh, help me to see what's the word or phrase that he's highlighting for you, or maybe highlighting for us. And the Lord is so good to lead us by his spirit. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is bring us into the presence of God, right? That we get to participate with the Father and the Son and their shared communion in the Holy Spirit. But you know what else happens in that is that we also are brought into a fellowship with each other a oneness with each other and our brothers and sisters around the world. So, Father, give us light as we read. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms therefore put on the full armor of god so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with feet feet <clears throat> excuse me with feet fitted the Lord's people. Pray for me also that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything so that you may also know how I am and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. God. Y'all have a seat. Amen. So the main thing then today that we're looking at here as we go through this passage, the main thing is that we're in a battle. And God is calling us to be strong and stand together in the way of Jesus. That's, that's just what I'm trying to say today. Stand, be strong and stand together in the way of Jesus, which is what we've been talking about through the letter of Ephesians. It's the way of Jesus. It's Christ and the church and the glory of God, one new humanity together. So let's be strong and stand together as we, number one, put on the full armor of God. So, being strong in the Lord, standing in his mighty power. Um, there is truth that we need to be filled with. There's identity, there's love, there's purpose, there's our location. We, we receive those things and then we stand. God wants us standing in the beauty and the power of what he's given us. And I, I just, on the front end of this point, I wanna make a, a connection for us between what Jesus went through and his temptations and what, or rather, what's pronounced over him and then his temptations and what's pronounced over us and our temptations. Make sense? Because we're his body. It's probably going to be similar. Devil's got same kind of schemes. Have you figured that out down through the years? Um, So it's just a lot of the same stuff. So Jesus is baptized in the desert in Mark chapter, excuse me, Matthew 3, and he's baptized in the desert, and the Father says, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased, right? The blessing that's spoken over Jesus, and immediately the Spirit takes him out into the wilderness, where he fasts for 40 days and nights, and afterwards, he was very hungry. And so there's there's three ways the devil comes at him, and the first one is, fill yourself. Turn these stones into bread. You're hungry now. Fill yourself. You've got the love of God on you. You've got the blessing of God. Now, just go ahead and and fill yourself the way you want to be filled. But he says, no. You know, we're to be filled with every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then he comes with another temptation there. And he says, save yourself, right? You could fall off the, the point of the temple. Save yourself. And no, he says there, he says, uh, don't, don't test the Lord your God. Instead, trust the Lord. That's the point. Don't test, but trust. And then finally, he says, take the power. If you'll just bow down and worship me, take the power of all the nations. And he says "An answer, no, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, I just want to make the connection is the, the enemy's doing a lot of the same stuff right now. Fill yourself, save yourself, take the power fill yourself, save yourself, and take the power. And those are the kinds of things that are very subtle. And again, I'm I'm trying to expose that because that's why we need help exposing it, because it doesn't always look like a temptation to us to just fill ourselves with whatever we want, to just save ourselves in whatever way we think we need to be saved, or to take the power and control and not live a life of dependence. And that's what Jesus is showing us what humanity is supposed to look like, a life of absolute dependence upon the Father, upon God. And so same tactics, same stuff is going on, playing to disordered desires in a fallen world, and all of those things are still, still going on. And part of the, it's, it's the subtle part, It's the part we don't recognize. It's unlike the sins and sin mentioned in Ephesians 4 and 5 a lot of times. There you go. Like, adultery, wrong. Eh, Don't do that. It's real obvious. But some of these other things, they're, they're less obvious. When I read through this list, put on the armor so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Another way of thinking about that is methods. He's got there's little methods, there's things he does that get disordered in our lives, and then it turns into a mess. I'm just touching on that earlier. So you can take your stand against what he's going to do. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So if it's a human, that's not our struggle. Our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities and powers and the dark world and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So it's, again, um, you know, I mean, that's a great point right there for just nonviolence in general. Our struggle is not against people. It's not against, if it's got flesh and blood, that's not our struggle. But the, we are in a struggle, but it's against demonic forces. It's against, and, and we're living in this time right now because of our worldview in the West where we're kind of anti-supernatural, and so if you deny the reality of Satan and demons, then, and you de- deny the reality of the demonic, then you'll end up placing demonic attributes on people. So if you deny this reality of demonic, you end up putting demonic attributes on people. And our, but our struggle is not against people. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, the authorities, the powers, the evil, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that's all of that's going on here. And there is a call then to wake up, to, to wake up, to stand, to struggle, to resist. I would say part of the thing that, that the Lord wants us waking up to in this as we finish Ephesians here is that there is a resistance that we're called to. A beautiful, to quote John Tyson from New York City, a beautiful resistance that we're called to. That's who we are as the people of God. We resist the work of the enemy. We resist the way the devil is trying, and there's the powers are at work in all kinds of good things. Education, it's a good thing, right? Can education be used by the powers to oppress other people? Absolutely. Politics, it's a good thing. (laughs) It's a good thing. I mean, it helps bring order to our... playing. It helps bring order to our society and everything. Can it be used by the powers? Yes. You know, we cannot be... I was just talking with somebody on the... What do we call that thing? On the landing right there, I just landed. I beamed in, and there was a guy standing beside me. Kidding. I was standing with somebody on the landing. He said, Man, you know, it's, it's a Jesus thing that we're not divided like our nation is divided over politics. The thing is, we cannot, we, we cannot, we must not be hyphenated Christians. Not, not American Christians, you know, not what, whatever we would use that would divide us from our brothers and sisters around the world. And that would certainly, uh, I mean, talk about a low way of being divided like giving up unity for a crummy low thing would be to be a republican christian and divide with democratic christians over that that'd be tired man it would be be low it'd be crummy to give up what god's done for us in jesus christ it's hard man you know so what he's called us to is to stand we stand we stand remembering that everything that we've been given has been given it really has been given to us in Christ every spiritual blessing is in Christ the adoption that's in Christ and again is that limited to parties or is it limited to ethnicities rhetorical question no emphatic it's 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 worldwide it's global it's it's all nations It's the gospel that God promised to Abraham being worked out in and through us. The gospel, the good news to all nations, for all nations. And the enemy wants us removing ourselves from that place of truth. Don't do it. Stand your ground. That's the the encouragement here. Stand in the truth. Stand your ground. Again, it's almost, it's, it's like, it's so hard for us not to think, well, I want to be heroic and run up and charge the hill and, you know, gun blazing or something. And he, what he's saying is, put on the armor and stand in the truth of what you've been given. Think think about each one of those attributes of putting on the armor. And we know it's serious because he's calling it armor. It's a serious battle. But it's truth and righteousness and peace and salvation. You know, it's it's all, it's faith. It's, It's uh, the word of God and living just like Jesus lived on the word of God, feeding ourselves on the word of God, moving forward on the word of God, standing in the truth, standing in his righteousness when we're uh, assaulted, standing in his peace when there's chaos and anxiety and being agents of peace, being conduits of peace, being a peaceful presence in the midst of anxiety and pressure all around us. It's it's putting on the helmet of what he's done for us, the salvation and believing and trusting in him, but not just with our faith, but with his faith. And and so this is that's how we live. That's what put on the armor of God. You know, Jesus Christ is the incarnation of everything I just said. Truth, righteousness, peace, right? Faith, right? Constant. Salvation. And and I don't this is a isn't the the End all list of, of warfare things that we do to fight the enemy, but it's a it's a great list, right? But there's there's more living by his life, living in the truth of Jesus Christ, living in the truth of the story, not even just being overwhelmed by the battle itself, but again, remember the whole. Remember the whole. Remember the whole. And it's individual. Yes, I need to put on the armor. Me, Jamie. But it's corporate. You know, it's us as a people. It's, it's, you know, part of the victory or my own struggles and defeats, I'm strengthening the body or I'm, I'm limiting the body. And again, there's grace, but it is a call to move forward. It's not just to stay in the same place, right? It's a call for us to, to stand, I guess is, again, a better way of saying that. Um, I want to personally be ready but i want to i want to exhort the church to be ready that we would do these things stand in the truth stand in the story stand in the reality live by the word of god his righteousness salvation truth faith the word of god our battle is not against flesh and blood and this is how we stand together you know there To whatever extent, Paul may have been using Roman military language. I mean, you could look at Isaiah 59. There's a description there as well of what's going on in this passage. The Lord's going to come with his righteousness. He's going to win victory. You know, that's Isaiah 59. But the Roman military used a particular formation called the Roman tortoise formation. Have you all ever heard of this? So here's a picture of what it looks like. So you've got shields, helmets, The belts are on, the swords are under there. And then, but they're not individual soldiers by themselves. They're actually locked arms in this formation. Lock arm, lock arm, shield up, shield over. And there's so much more protection against the enemy's schemes together than there is as isolated individuals. Can I get a witness? God is at war for the love of our hearts. He wants our hearts devoted to him. Yeah, grace to all who love our Lord Jesus with an undying love. Lord, do it. So that's the first piece there is be strong and stand together as we put on the full armor. The second piece then is as we pray in the spirit. So be strong and stand together as we pray in the spirit, verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for uh, the Lord's people. So to pray in the spirit and I said this a second ago, but I want to say, I've just been reflecting on this to, we have a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So pray in the spirit. What does it mean to pray in the spirit? It means to be in the spirit. So pray in the Spirit is is that I'm turning to the Lord, and in the Spirit is the Spirit is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together, shared love from eternity all together. We're brought into that to pray into the Spirit, and then I'm praying in the Spirit is with my brothers and sisters who are doing the same thing, and that's why I love prayer meetings. You You guys know I love prayer meetings because it is such a place of revelation, I mean, when we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying God's heart. I'm always, my journal's always open. I'm writing on dry boards, dry race boards, because we're capturing something of what the Lord is saying yeah. as we pray in the Spirit. Do we ever pray not in the Spirit? Yeah, absolutely. You ever, somebody pray something, it's like, like okay, next, <laughs> you kind of move on to the next thing. <laughs> but some, you know somebody's in the Spirit, when it's like, amen, oh, yes, Lord, do that. That's the Lord's heart, Right? just so so pray in the spirit it's huge all kinds of prayers what kind of prayers do we pray all kinds kinds. (laughs) praise thanksgiving confession i did it again i'm sorry again confession is what agreeing with the lord yes lord i'm sorry repentance aligning uh prayers intercession creating a meeting between god and someone You know, praying for God, praying for the people of God, saying yes to the prayers of others in a prayer meeting is huge. Praying for the church, healing, help, mercy, forgiveness, getting out of sin, saving marriages, boldness in our witness for Jesus. Yet, Lord, do all of that. You know, and one of the things I want to just say on this point is we sense the Lord right now rising the level of his activity in prayer. Just, it's just different ways it's happening, and I just want to say, lean in. Whenever God gets his people praying, it means stuff's about to happen. It's just that is the way it works, and so that we're sensing that, an increase of the water level of his activity. A lot of times we call it laying the tracks of, of the train in the prayer meeting so that the mission of the train of God's mission and activity can move forward, and that's what we do in prayer when we're interceding. It's huge. And he says there, always keep on praying. And uh, so that means like pray and keep praying and go kind of beyond what you've done before. You know, so we're like fleas in a jar and we get used to habits and the way we've done it, this is the way I did it last year and so that's how much I pray. And God wants us to keep on praying beyond that. The most poignant uh, illustration of that in my entire life was a long time ago. I went overseas for the first time. Went to Uganda. And uh, and and I I went to a, this church that I was kind of working with. They had a prayer meeting on Friday nights from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Every Friday night. And so I I get there. I'm about 15 minutes late. It's about 10:15, and they're already in there. There's a roar. It's kind of a lean-to building out in a swamp deal with no walls. And there's probably 100 people in there praying. And I open the taxi door, and it's, and I literally just run to the prayer meeting. Just, I was in there, and I'm just like, whoa, this is incredible. And the pastor had asked me to come at some point. I didn't know when it was going to happen. But to share an encouraging word and, and, and exhort them to prayer. It's really funny. <laughs> That's a funny thought. I'm going to teach them about prayer. That, that, was, that was funny. So I get in there and I'm praying. you know, I'm just going for it. Some of you guys have heard this story. but I start running out of stuff to pray. I mean, they, they keep going. I didn't I, was I going to speak at 11 maybe, or maybe 11:30? Maybe noon. No, everybody's still going. Just it's a roar, nonstop. I finally get down. They've got this guy. He's on staff. All he does is pray, and he's down there praying like this, back and forth. And I just kind of get down by him, and he's modeling it for me. So I'm praying, just just going for it. And uh, finally, we stop at one, and a.m. I didn't know that was a uh, uh, in in the pastor had like a wisdom word from God, he realized he needed to bring the exhortation on prayer and not me. (laughs) And what he exhorted the people to pray uh, was about Ephesians 6.18. And he said, we pray and keep on praying. The first three hours is a watch of prayer. Just everybody praying at the same time and just praying, going for it. And because that teaches us to get out of our flea-in-the-jar habits and pray beyond what we're used to praying, and so I'll never, I'll never forget that. Um, just, just huge. Um, but there's lots of ways we express that now. Just praying in the spirit on all kinds of occasions, all kinds of prayers. We were having lunch. There was four of us at a Yucatan taco stand the other day. Kind of rhymes, <laughs> at least the way I said it. And uh, but uh, uh, one of the guys asked the the waitress there, "Hey, is there some way we can pray for you?" and and she had a couple of things, like, yes. You know, sometimes people are like, uh, world peace, you know. <laughs> they <laughs> don't know what to say. But she's like, yes, you know, and there's two specific things. And so we prayed, and she just stayed. Sometimes we pray, and, you know, we'll pray, and the waitress goes on or something, or waiter, but uh, she stayed there and just prayed with us, just, yes, Lord, amen, you know. And that's an example, Just pray, just having a prayerful, whatever we're doing okay? So stand and be strong, and together, as we put on the armor, pray in the Spirit, and declare the mystery, is the third one there, declare the mystery of the gospel, okay? Verse 19. I'm I'm hitting this. I'm making a point out of this because I, I want us to emphasize this thing as we're finishing Ephesians. So he says, And pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly. And so we want to be people as we stand together in the power of the Lord and the strength of his might that declare the mystery of the gospel. You know, at the end of this One New Humanity series, it's important that we understand what is the mystery of the gospel i mean i want just i want everybody to be able to be really clear like it was a mystery but it's not a mystery anymore it was hidden but now it's out it's out and you can't unknow this it, so it just it's a big deal and so he defines that then back in chapter 3 verses 2 through 7 the mystery of the gospel i'll just read it Surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, uh, made, uh, that is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the, say it again, the mystery is that through the gospel, mystery of the gospel, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. And so what I want us to be very, very clear about is the one new humanity that God has made us to be in Christ. That's the mystery of the gospel, that Jew, Gentile are together, that the dividing walls, and we've got all kinds of other dividing walls that we can bring up between races and ethnicities and all these different things. But the mystery of the gospel is that we are together. And I think it's one of the great deceptions of the enemy. You, you know the powers are at work. You know that evil forces in the heavenly realms are at work. Dark forces in this world, when we've somehow disconnected the gospel and made it you know, just like about heaven or later or about just me, when the mystery of the gospel is that we're together. One worldwide family. One worldwide multi-ethnic family. Together in God. Together in Christ. And the calling is for us. It's, it, it is for us that we are together. And we are to be fearless, not just the Apostle Paul, but we're to be fearless in continuing and not just stopping because we're stopping Ephesians. Not because we're coming to the end of this. We're to be fearless and to keep going. The Lord Jesus is leading us on this path. I, I, I believe that. And we're not, we haven't arrived, but but we're moving forward. And we're gonna keep standing this ground. And I'll just ask you, has the Lord given you more language for this during this, during this series? He's given me more language. Has he given us? I, I think so. I really think he has. And even Tychicus, this you know, Tychicus coming to uh, bring the word of relationships. Again, this letter was written out of what Jim Reynolds calls the the jailhouse church, which was a bunch of different ethnicities there together with all these different backgrounds working this thing out. And Tychicus is going to come tell, hey, how it's going with Paul, what he's doing, how he's living, even though he's in jail. He's an ambassador in chains. And so the relational part of living this out is huge, Paul mentions 80 different names in the letters in the New Testament. It's relationship, it's people. People, very different people relating together. And I, I I mean, again, I see more now than I did, and I'm on a journey, right? We didn't see this at the beginning back in 1993, but we're walking deeper into this. I've always loved this letter, and I'm seeing more now than I did. And so then the final piece is kind of starting where we, finishing where we started. We want to stand and be strong together as we receive the blessing, receive the blessing. So the final thing that happens there is a blessing in verses 23 and 24. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. There's grace, there's love, there's peace for us, pronounced over us, even in the midst of battle. That's what we want to do and walk in, that peace and that love and that blessing, and to ultimately love our Lord Jesus with an undying love. Amen? Um, So Eugene Peterson, I've been reading this book called... um, practice resurrection. And as he finishes, it's on Ephesians, and it's kind of a conversation. It's not like a, a commentary exactly, but it's like a conversation that's kind of in and around Ephesians. And he finishes with this quote in, very, in the appendix or the very end of the book. And it's this quote from a guy named Leon Bloy. And uh, if you can put that up, quote is, the only sadness not to be a saint. And I want you to just Pause there for a minute because when Peterson said, I I read it and I kind of didn't understand it, but then Peter said, That quote has haunted me all my life. And something haunts Eugene Peterson all of his life. (laughs) I want to kind of know what's that about. And what he said, he said, What I think he was saying is to, to know about the extravagant riches of the gospel, of the unbelievable riches that are in Christ that are the unbelievable riches of us being able to walk together as brothers and sisters in the church together and to not press into that, to not lean into that is a great sadness. And it really is a lot of the sadness that kind of hangs like a blanket over our world today because God's given us all of this blessing and goodness and incredible. It's something... It's something for us to lean into and to be intentional about, right? C.S. Lewis said it this way in a famous little book he wrote called The Weight of Glory. He says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday, at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. What I'm saying is, what we've been talking about here, you guys, is, is better than what we've lived in in the past. We've had some tastes of it. We've tasted, we've seen that the Lord is good, but he's so much better. And then when we're sit, sitting here in worship, sometimes I go, man, I've been just gnawing on corn husks and stuff when I could have even more of this even more of what the Lord's calling us to. And so may the Lord stir up hunger in our hearts. May the Lord stir up hope in our hearts. We have not arrived. We are not there yet. And he is wooing us, calling us, beckoning us, working in us by his power to create us to be a people that really are gonna display the glory of God to Fort Worth and to the nations. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm smitten with that dream. And even though I, I start and stop and fall down and do dumb stuff, I'm still committed. And I want to walk with people that see that and want to be the body of Christ together, expressing the glory of God, being strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So he's not done. He's got more. Stand your ground. Walk in the truth, righteousness, peace, salvation, the word of God. Walk in those things and pray all the time, all kinds of prayers and requests, and we're going to get to see more than we ever dreamed, okay? Stand up. Worship team, come on up. Amen. I just, you know, we take time to respond at the end of every message, and I, I feel like there's a special kind of response even here at the end of this this series. I know the Lord's been doing so much in all of us, but I, I want to just you know, hit the individual and the corporate part. I mean, if, if there's something the Lord's speaking to you about a realignment or a turning to him or a fresh embracing of Jesus, it might be just hey, today I want to put a stake in the ground. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to be strong in the Lord and in your power. If that's you, I want to just say, man, let's do it. Let's get somebody to agree with you and pray. And, and, and there's this part about the whole that constantly needs to be ministered to. If there's a hurt, if there's a wound about people or the church or those kinds of things, man, don't just keep walking forward in the wound. Please, you know, I I exhort you, get healing for the hurt. Say, somebody pray for me. I I, want to forgive. I want to move forward. I don't want to be stuck in this place. It would be like the enemy to isolate us, to keep us separate from one another and so Jesus received and then he went into the battle and I want to just keep exhorting us receive the Lord's love so that you've got something to give that might be the call for you receive the Lord's truth receive the Lord's righteousness so that you've got something to share receive that heart for justice that's what righteousness also means so that you've got something to share with the world around us we need the identity the location that comes from being in Christ. If we don't have that, we'll always be grasping for something. We'll be grasping for some thing or feeling or you know, something that's going to fill this longing in our hearts, but we need the Lord. Yeah. That's it. Father, just I pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, meet us as we're standing here. We want to be strong in the Lord and in your power. We want to stand our ground. We want to see the reality of your life and purpose for us as your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. And always, as always, if you have any kind of prayer thing that's going on, just don't leave without getting help. Pray with somebody. Get somebody to pray with you. If the front fills up, man, let's press into the Lord and be bold. I know there's people that need healing. Get prayers. Receive Jesus. Take the next step. Amen. Let's pray.